This week's episode of the Gotcha 9 podcast is presented by our two great sponsors, Kyle's Kitchen, great burgers and salads. Check them out in Santa Barbara and Goleta and their new location in Isla Vista. And try that new crispy chicken sandwich. We're also brought to you by a guy with a truck junk removal. Call Chase at 805-689-1413. Locally owned, licensed, and insured in Santa Barbara and Ventura counties. Okay, we got something cool this week. Three interviews with three Gaucho players who were stars this weekend against UC San Diego. Zach Rodriguez, Jordan Sprinkle, and Cole Cummings. And then we have UCSB Analytics here, David Tillerson and Spencer Stewart, to review the weekend and offer up some awards for some astounding performances offensively by the Gauchos. 50 runs in four games. Awfully impressive. And let's see. The Gauchos take three or four from UCSD. They are a game back of first place and going strong halfway through Big West Conference play. All right, let's get to David and Spencer, and then we'll hear from Zach, Jordan, and Cole here on the Gaucho 9 podcast. It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America, the Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. Here's the one-strike pitching. Mitchell belts us to deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. Bare hand by Will to throw the first in time. Here's the 0-2 pitch. And a curveball is swung on him. Gauchos are going to Omaha. Can you believe it? A three-run shot for Jordan Sprinkle. And the score is two. Here comes Mitchell. He's going to score. And the Gauchos are the 2019 champions of the Midwest. All right, UCSB Analytics is here. Gauchos take three of four from UC San Diego this weekend at Triton Ballpark. They scored 15 runs three times in a row, winning 15 to two, 15 to 10, and 15 to five before dropping the Sunday game by a final of nine to five. So 50 total runs for the Gauchos this weekend. Big, big week offensively for UCSB. And uh, Jason Willow, one of the heroes, Jordan Sprinkle, Zach Rodriguez, lots and lots of names uh, to list off from this week. But let's check in real quick on a couple of the rankings as it sits. Recording this on Monday afternoon at around 2.30. Gouches in the top 25 in the NCBWA and in collegiate baseball. Unfortunately, the RPI drops down to 71, but still in strong position. And with Irvine winning yesterday, they retain a one-game lead in the conference due to the Anteaters. So the Gauchos sit a game back of first in the Big West Conference. 15-5 and five overall, Irvine at 16-4. and four. Bakersfield and Fullerton tied for third place at 8-4, and four. Long Beach 8-8. Eight and eight. Cal Poly seven and nine, Hawaii and UC Riverside at eight and 12, UC San Diego six and 10, Cal State Northridge seven and 13, and UC Davis five and 15. So that is where we sit after week five of conference play. Let's jump into weekend awards with David Tillotson and Spencer Stewart. First, Let's mention that Rodney Boone was put on the Golden Spikes Award watch list and Jordan Sprinkle 
was added to the what is it the collegiate baseball nation player of the year no no there was a brooks wallace shortstops oh, list that he got added to and then there was a and he was nominated for the collegiate baseball nation player of the week which has not been announced yet but yes jordan put on the brooks wallace award watch list for the season as jordan uh, he bumped his average above 400 this weekend he hit he had that tremendous game on Saturday where he had six RBIs and two home runs. We'll get to all that stuff. Um, so let's jump into our players of the week. I can't remember who goes first. Spencer, are you going to take? Nope. I get to go first, and I'm going to take the guy who, well, we heard from in the pregame interview talking about the game that he had, as well as um, the guy that we just mentioned with the Brooks Wallace and the college baseball newspapers uh one of the nominated players of the week it's jordan sprinkle guy hit 556 this weekend he had himself multiple games uh it was a lot of fun watching him he was he was batting in the two hole all weekend 18 total at bats 10 hits he slugged 1.056 i don't think we've seen a weekend quite like it uh in a long time and jordan he had three doubles he had two home runs. Obviously, I've, you know, it was the multi-home run game for him in back-to-back at bats, and um, he, he's another one of the gauchos that puts on a show in batting practice. He squares balls up, and it was fun. I was talking to uh, volunteer assistant coach Spencer Erdman. He said, "Ah, Jordan, he's just squaring the ball up too much. It doesn't backspin enough to get outside to get out of the park." because he had laced a double off the wall in uh, game one of the weekend. That was probably two feet from going out. It was like a hard line drive and just missed going over. And he was like, gosh, if only he could just backspin it a little bit more. And then sure enough, I've never seen him hit a ball as far as he did. Um, And he put it out to the deepest part of the yard where it wasn't carrying all weekend out in left center at UC San Diego. Um, 19 total bases. That's good for the lead this weekend. He had seven RBIs. Again, he was batting in that two hole. So often, you know, he's, he's leading off some innings and not having as many runners on base, but he had three walks good for a six, one, nine on base percentage. That was also the highest on the team this weekend and five stolen bases and five attempts. He was doing it all. Uh, he played a great shortstop all weekend with a thousand fielding percentage. It was it was one of the best weekends I've seen out of sprinkle out of any gaucho in a long time. And I was just glad to be able to witness it all and, and talk about it on the, on the audio broadcast. Okay, David, I'm letting you go. Number two here. <laughs> Man, I, I had my eyes set on number three already. So uh, getting to slide up in the draft order here is going to be going to be nice. Uh, Arguably an equal weekend. We talked about it a little bit before. We kind of a toss up for who had the better weekend. But I mean, Zach Rodriguez just continuing what he's been doing all year. I think he's hitting now 413 on the year. Uh, this weekend, 526, uh, slugging 947 and getting on base too at a 571 clip. Uh, not the same pace on the bags as Sprink. He's not swiping the bags. So I think that's where Sprink got a little bit of a the edge this weekend and and the top performances, but I mean, two home runs, two doubles, 13 RBIs for Zach Rodriguez this weekend, just putting guys across home plate for us. 
Um, he seems like he just keeps coming up with big hits and big moments too. I mean, like when we need a uh, home run or when we need a, a ball uh, through the four hole, through the six hole, he can kind of hit it all over the field. Um, it's been really impressive to watch him this year, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of a perennial week to week player of the week. It seems like Zach Rodriguez for me this week. Couple notes on Zach Rodriguez and on Jordan Sprinkle. Zach had multiple hit games in each of the four games, a multiple hit game in each of the four games. He scored more than two runs in each game and he drove in more than two runs in each game. Three for five, three for five, two for four, two for five. He had four RBIs in each of the first two games. Then he had three in game three and two yesterday on Sunday to go with two doubles and two home runs. That is getting it done. And for Jordan Sprinkle, I mean, the, the four for four game, of course, uh, in game three, and let's run over his tied a, tied a record off. with that one, right? What's that? He tied a record, right? For UCSB uh, with that game. Yeah. So I'll, I'll get to that. So sprinkle one for four, then two for six, then four for four, then three for four on the weekend. He had three doubles and two homers and of course the five stolen bases. And in that performance in game three, Sprinkle was the, the first gaucho since Thomas Rowan in 2019 to hit two homers in a game. First gaucho to hit consecutive, hit homers in consecutive at bats since Austin Bush did it in 2017. And then the first six RBI game since Andrew Kalika in 2015. And he had 12 total bases in that game. First time a gaucho had 10 or more since Tyler Caressa did it in 2015. And really just the two swings of the bat in the in the sixth and then in the seventh talk about catching some serious fire uh, at the end of that game so tip of the cap to george Sprinkle. one other thing for him too uh extending the hit streak 17 now so i mean just continuing to get it done now for multiple weeks in a row uh and he was he was close a couple of times to getting another home run balls off the top of the wall i think his first at bat of the weekend he hit one off the top of the left field wall um so he, he's, he was definitely close to adding on to that stat line. Okay, well, my player of the week, the offense is going to sweep our, our players of the week selection. Right? When you score 50 runs in four games, it's hard not to go with the offense. So my guy's going to be Jason Willow, 8 for 17 on the weekend, 471 average, scored four runs, had two doubles, and drove in 10 of his own. Plus, he stole two bases, and he continues – to play an excellent second base. And there was a big moment in game three, I believe, where before the Gauchos broke out late, might've been game two. Everything gets kind of mushed together on Saturday because <laughs> of the two games. But there was a moment where, and I'm pretty sure this was in game three before the, the big six run seventh inning when the Tritons had cut the, the deficit to four and they had the bases loaded and one out and there was a hot shot to second base and Jason, cool as the rule, turns to the four, six, three double play uh, on, a, on a hot shot, one hopper. And that alleviated the rally. And then the Gauchos bust out the next inning with a sprinkle home run. So Jason Willow getting it done and a shout out to John Willow listening in from Victoria, Canada and uh, commenting on the broadcasts. And then 
just while I'm on the subject, shout out to all the parents tuning in. The Boons, the Cummings, the McGreevies, who actually made an appearance in the parking lot over the weekend to say hi. Uh, thanks for listening in, and we hope to see you guys soon. So those are our players of the week. Let's jump over to moments of the week. And there are a few. I'm going to go first here. And my moment is going to be the Gauchos and the Tritons honoring Mike Tresmer on Friday, Tree, and the, the shower of love for the Tresmer family, where uh, Zach Tresmer, Mike's son, threw out the, uh, the first pitch of the game on Friday. And we remembered the life of Mike Tresmer, who passed away last year in April. And we heard from Al Ferrer, his head coach, when he played at UCSB in the 80s, and we heard from Bill Guyvet, a teammate, a friend, and both of them offered consoling words and, and some great memories of tree with the Fu Manchu, the oak tree, the, the tough guy attitude on the hill and being a leader. And it was really cool to see both teams getting together and honoring Mike with his son on the hill to start out the series. So that was really cool. That was something pretty special. And I know a lot of Hammerheads were listening in, a lot of old teammates of Tree were listening in, and we, we appreciate them tuning in, and we appreciate the Gouches and the Tritons really showing out for the Tresmer family. So that's my moment of the week. Spencer. What is your moment of the week? Well, you just hinted at it earlier with uh, Jason Willow turning the, the four six three double play because that um, well that game it got kind of dicey there at the end. They they brought it to within four and it was a big moment, like you said, bases loaded, um, and it was a hot shot. Tate Soderstrom, he was a uh, a transfer from Arizona. And uh, when he when he got a hold of one, it was hit hard. And Jason Willow kind of it was like a little handcuff play, and what we needed to get to in order to in order to end the inning there. And it was a backhand toss, kind of unconventional, but um, like like we said with Willow, he's the infielder turned outfielder turned infielder again, um, and really just comfortable in, in all in all areas of the field. And he. Uh, it was a nice little backhand play. Sprinkle caught it on the run. There were there were a lot of double plays turned. I don't know exactly how many. I think I need to count them all up and check. I'm gonna get I think it was four double plays turned throughout the weekend. And it could have been three in one game in that uh, in game one. Yes, yes, it was there were five total. So the defense turning the double plays, those are the big plays that uh, that are, you know that stand out to me as we look back on the, the weekend. Cause you know, there's two sides to the ball game. Yes. The offense, they can hit hard and, and put balls out and whatnot. But if the defense is holding up their end, we're going to be all right. That was uh, that was a lot of fun watching those guys. Any, I mean, that's just the one double play that stood out, but of the five, you know, those are big moments, huge momentum changers and, and uh, it, it rally killers for, for the defense. David, your moment of the week. You're struggling with this. There are so many to pick from. 
But what do you got? Yeah, we, we talked about Sprink and the back-to-back home runs and consecutive at-bats. I mean, always cool to see when a guy's hot and he's swinging it well. Um, Cole Cummings, though, with the five walks, not necessarily like a, a definitive moment, but I think a outright UCSB leader now, or was that also a tie? No, single-game program record for UC Santa Barbara, and then that tied the conference record for a gotcha. single-game walks. Yes. So I, I think you caught Cole um, – but after the next game or before the next game on uh, on Saturday and talk to him a little bit about it. And obviously, you know, he wants to be barreling balls up and putting balls in the gap and running the bags like that. But uh, when he's getting on base to lead off an inning, every every time he comes up there and he's got the guys behind him, like Jordan Sprinkle, like Zach Rodriguez, Marcos coming back, hopefully soon, Brock, you know, all those guys. It's just a lot of firepower behind him. And when he's on base, he's scoring runs and it's definitely good for the offense. So, yeah, the five-walk game. For Cole be my moment. Okay, let's have some honorable mentions. Unless you got something, Spencer, to add. Just gonna point out we heard it in the, the pregame interview from from Cole Cummings. He he did almost slip up and say, Well, Spencer, I'm no longer a singles machine. And I knew that we've been keeping track all all year long. Initially, he was just blasting singles. It seemed like every single at bat he was he was getting on base one way or another, whether it was the walk the single and just as of late he's been putting in a lot of work and and staying confident going to both sides of the yard and it's really paid off because he's able to to have multiple plans of attack when he gets up there um if it if it is someone who's throwing soft stuff away he can stay to the opposite side we saw that a couple times this weekend and he's getting walked he's driving balls he's hitting a couple home runs it's I know he's not the uh, not a singles machine. He's an on base machine, and and we made sure to to cover that during the broadcast, Cole. Yes, and on the weekend he walked a total of nine times. So Cole Cummings, with that sharp eye of his, he was also hit by a pitch once. So ten times he's reaching either by getting hit or uh, based on balls. I had some honorable mentions to throw out there. Michael McGreevy and Rodney Boone, it wasn't the the lights out performance that we've seen from them the last two weeks, but still quality starts, six innings from each of them, five strikeouts from McGreevy and six for Rodney Boone, allowing two runs and three runs respectively. Uh, so they are getting it done. And, uh, and Chris Troy, who went two innings in his opener start in game three in front of Corey Lewis, two innings, he allowed just one hit and one walk no runs and he struck out for coming still get, trying to get back to 100 percent coming back from tommy john's surgery and he was up to what 94 95 tilly yeah 94 95 um sitting like 92 but again like you said just great to see him back out there competing um four strikeouts two and two innings so, i mean just doing doing what we expect out of ct at this point and then spencer you've got a comeback player of the week you said who do you got? That's right. Clayton Hall. We call him the comeback player of the week because he, he made his second appearance after appearing in the first weekend. Um, it was really good seeing him up on the mound because once he came in, I mean, even in his warm-up pitches, he was looking real good. His ball was zipping, and uh, it really excited me to see how he was going to play out. It was in that 15-5 to game, so – there wasn't too much pressure. The only pressure was really holding the lead to 10 so that we could get out of the uh, 
get out of that ball game with, um, you know, the 10 run rule and Clayton was able to shut the door. He came in, in that seventh inning, he gave up a leadoff hit. It was kind of, it was kind of shaky seeing how he would respond to that. And then once he was in the stretch, it was, uh, he handled it well, two strikeouts in the four batters that he faced 20 pitches to get through that inning. And, uh, it was, it was really good seeing him up there again. He looked calm and confident in that, uh, in that situation. And, you know, those are the kind of situations that he'll be put in, um, throughout the rest of the year. But like we said, it's a second appearance and, um, the fact that he was able to get back out on the mound and, you know, have the teammates rally behind him and know that uh, a good shutout inning would end the ball game. I think that was all he needed to, uh, to pump him up and get him through that last inning. Okay. UCSD, no track man, right? So no metrics to report. I guess, unless we've got a top velo of the weekend, maybe the CT95. CT and McGreevy both were up to 95 this weekend. Um, I think those are the two top guys for staff. <laughs> I was talking to Brock. Uh, he asked the same thing about Trackman and exit velos because, I mean, he was flying he out to center field. He was flying out to center field every single at bat, it felt like. That warning track was just getting beat up out there by their center fielder. But, um, yeah, no exit velos, unfortunately. Um Long Beach will have track, man, so we should be back on it, and then we'll be back at home the week after that, I think, against Cal Poly. So uh, track, man, to come. Yeah, and you mentioned the, the warning track, which reminded me of uh, Nick Vogt making that yeah. catch in center yeah. field yesterday. Kind of got turned around. The wind was blowing out, maybe swirling a little bit, and it, it had been steel for most of the weekends. It was late in the day and made that great catch up against the wall in center field, kind of finding it at the last second. So we didn't forget about you, Nick Vogt. Nice play uh, with the glove out there. Spencer, what do you got? We also didn't forget about his first career home run. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, we've seen we, – we always talk about it. He could put on a show and it was finally, you know, finally his chance to do it. And, and he, he did get a chance. He put one out to right where the ball was flying a little bit further. He's got the power to go yard – to all fields. And, uh, it was awesome to see him finally get his first in, uh, you know, in what should be a long and successful college career. And also JD Callahan doing it again, five innings, six hits, just one earned run, one walk and two strikeouts yesterday. He left the game with the Gauchos in front three to two. So JD really has, has found a spot and a role pitching on Sundays for the Gauchos. Okay. Let's review some of the, uh, Big West statistics overall, where the Gauchos sit. We are halfway through the conference season. We've completed 20 games. Gauchos sitting at 15 and 5. 20 more games to go, plus the three against UCLA. Gauchos still leading at slugging percentage in the conference, 462. They're number two in on base percentage, and they are leading the conference in runs scored, hits, runs batted in, doubles home runs, total bases, and sacrifice flies. And they have six sacrifice flies over the weekend, including four in one game. They are at 22 sacrifice flies for the season, and they also leave the conference in stolen bases, and they are well clear of UC Davis. They've stolen 50 bags total this year. So that's big time from the Gaucho offense. And then pitching side of things, 
Bianca is holding the opponents to the lowest batting average in the conference at 234. They have the most wins. They've struck out the most batters, 353. Most backwards Ks, they're up to triple digits at 100 in backwards Ks. Gauchos lead the conference with eight saves as well. All right, and then yesterday we did have the pleasure of watching Shane Bieber's start against the Cincinnati Reds. Another, I mean, what more can we say about Shane Bieber? Another tremendous performance, eight innings, three runs allowed, 13 strikeouts, and it's the strikeouts that is getting all the attention, of course, but we can say that he has struck out 10 or more batters in all four of his starts this year. First pitcher ever to do that. 10 plus strikeouts in his, the first four starts of the season. And he has 16 consecutive games now dating back to last year where he struck out eight or more. Now that is the longest streak, second longest streak behind Pedro Martinez, who's at 17. So if he does it one more time, he ties Pedro who did that back in 1997 to 1998 so Shane Bieber get it done and how many total strikeouts does he have it's it's 48 to tie Nolan Ryan's uh record for most strikeouts in first four starts of the year I think and then you're talking about his Saturday start he also had a Tuesday start where he went nine innings scoreless that happened after the right. release of the we're, podcast we're gonna gonna watch that. we were gonna watch <laughs> that and then talk about it right after it happened but as it turns out they got pushed today do we want nine shutout innings against the White Sox? And then it went to extras and the Cleveland scored in the 10th. And so he got the win, which is awesome. So I mean, that, that game, it, that game was incredible. It was him and Giolito just throwing punches back and forth. And I mean, it was all you could ask for in a pitcher's matchup. I think the first run was scored in the seventh inning. Um, I think the, the Indians were able to, to kick off the scoring and hey, it was uh, the announcers just kept talking about it. Like this was two guys at the top of their game, just going back and forth. And we were thankful that, you know, Shane ended up getting out, out on top of that one. There was 11 strikeouts in that one. And so one less than the two starts before, but then he answered back with 13 in order to, to tie Nolan Ryan's record. And I think he had, I think he had seven going into the seventh inning and then he struck out, the next six batters he faced. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, well, it's, he's upwards of 70 pitches. Yeah. He's been cruising, but you know, is he going to be able to finish out the game strong? And the announcers kept saying, well, he's best, he's best late in the games. And uh, he definitely was, he struck out uh, the last six batters he faced to get to that 13 mark. And that was a lot of fun to watch. It was right before game four too. So it kind of fired me up for uh, for a gaucho performance as well. And not a bad looking swing at the plate. I don't know if I'd ever seen Shane swing the bat before. Uh, I think his first at bat, he grounded out. Second at bat, he flew out. And then he was going down hacking in that last at bat. Um, no hits for him, but definitely, you know, a little bit of a presence there, not just up there standing with the bat. Yeah, the dude takes hacks. He's got a good golf swing as well. So <laughs> Shane Bieber keeps doing it and keeps repping the, the gauchos. Fun to, fun to watch. I think his, so his next start is going to be this weekend against the Yankees and Garrett Cole. So that will be a marquee matchup. Might be on national television, national television. So be sure to tune in to Indians, Yanks, Gauchos versus Bruins, Beaver versus Cole. So that should be fun. 
this weekend. One other thing we glossed over, D1Baseball.com came out with a top 100 pitchers list, and Michael McGreevy came in at number 17, and Rod Boone came in at number 57. So Gaucho's getting recognition on the D1Baseball.com. They also, they also came out with a hitters list, and Marcos was uh, number 33, I believe, on that list as well um, for prospect hitters. Prospect hitters, man. If so, are those draft eligible? Yeah, draft eligible um, prospects, I believe. Shoot, Zach Rodriguez, Jordan Sprinkle would be knocking on that door if uh, if it anybody. So both of those guys sitting now above 400 on the season, over four, over 100 at bats. They're over 40 hits, just absolutely hitting the cover off the ball. Okay, Gauchos stay on the road. This upcoming weekend, as they travel to Blair Field to take on the Long Beach State Dirtbags, that will be six o'clock start on Friday, and then doubleheader Saturday and a single game on Sunday. So Spencer and I will have the broadcast on UCSBGouches.com, pregame at 545 on Friday. McGreevy will take the ball against – is it – is it Lavelli? Lavelli? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher his name. We have yet to get a pronunciation guy, but I believe it is Lavelli. And uh, he's well, he's he's a stud. He's a stud. Exactly right. Twenty three innings pitch on the year, ten hits. Opponents hitting one twenty two against him. He is the only starting pitcher who is getting hitting or who is uh, getting hit less than Rodney Boone. Um, so if, uh, if Rodney gets a chance to match up with him, it should be fun. I believe it's going to be McGreevy on Friday. Regardless, they're both right-handed, tall right-handed side armors who bring the heat. And um, well, with the 1.14 ERA, Lavelli, he's, uh, he's going to be a good test for the Gauchos. I'm looking forward to seeing how they respond against his arm. Yeah, he's got a one-hitter under his belt already this week, uh, this year. So tough pitching matchup. The Gauchos, who will bring their hot bats to Blair Field in Long Beach this weekend. Again, that's a 5.45 pregame on usasbgauchos.com on Friday night, 6 o'clock first pitch, and you can watch those games on Big West TV as well. Okay. Stay tuned for uh, interview with Zach Rodriguez and Jordan Sprinkle and Cole Cummings that I got over the weekend. That will follow this interview on the podcast. So stick around and listen to uh, those guys. They had a lot of fun with the interviews. Uh, got them jazzed up that they're talking on the radio. So uh, they had a great weekend. They had smiles on their faces. And it was uh, fun to talk to those guys. So unless David Spencer have anything else to add, we will sign off. So uh, David Spencer, thank you as always. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin.
All right, is this thing on? Yeah. Welcome back to the Kyle's Kitchen pregame show before the Gauchos doubleheader this afternoon against UC San Diego. First time guest on podcast or radio, it's Zach Rodriguez. Good morning, Zach. What's going on? Good morning, Kev. How's it going? Uh, I'm doing well. How are you? Beautiful day. Couldn't ask for couldn't ask for much more. So you're from Murrieta. Yeah, Murrieta. Uh-huh. It's close to San Diego, isn't it? Like 30 minutes. 30 minutes. 30 minutes more inland. Yeah. Did you ever did you ever go to uh, like Aztec games or USD games or Padres games? Uh, up? yeah, I went to a couple Padres games. Not much the college town, but um, yeah, a couple Padres games here and there. Petco. Yeah, I go. So do you call yourself a Padres fan? I would not. I'm an Angels fan. Angels guy. Angels, okay, so Angels I, I started off with the wrong team. Yeah, my, that's, parents that's my, are, my parents are from Anaheim, so okay. they've been uh, Angels fans since the beginning. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so you're big, probably a Mike Trout guy? Big Mike Trout guy. <laughs> big Mike Trout guy. <laughs> he's um, he's pretty good. He is good. He's pretty good. He's good. You're, I think at this juncture of the season, how many big league games have they played? Like 15? So your stats yeah. are probably more robust than Mike's right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so you're, you're a true freshman. Yeah. Uh, you didn't start the first few games. But how has your experience at UC Santa Barbara been so far? It's been insane. I, I love the atmosphere. I love everyone. I just love coming to practice every day, being around the guys. Uh, formed some crazy relationships with these guys. These guys are like my best friends now. And I love being around the coaches. I love the energy at practice. Um, love the grind. I love being out here. So... It's been it's been really good. Baseball guy through and through. Baseball guy. Yeah. <laughs> how's how's your body feeling? That's usually one of the things that uh, that been, freshman yeah. have a tough time yeah, with it's, just the aches and pains and yeah yeah the it's weight been, room. It's been all feeling that stuff. all right. Monday uh, Tuesday practices are the worst. That's when I feel the crappiest. But <laughs> uh, towards the end of the week, I'm ready to go. So nice. Uh, so you're the first guy who I've talked to who high school season last year. Yeah. Did it really like t- walk me through that? Because we had the, we had the shutdown in March. Yeah, we were done like after our fifteenth game. Yeah. So how did how did high school so, treat it? So we started uh, mid February, and then we got through like ten games, and then all of a sudden we hear this like COVID thing happen, and then our coach texts us. He's like, "Oh, uh, won't be a big deal. We'll like miss a couple games, and we'll be back out next week or something," and then. The next week comes and he's like, "Well, sorry guys, like our season got paid." <laughs> I'm Dang. like, "Just, it's just so weird because you like prepare in the fall, you prepare like in the winter for everything, and then ten games you're just done." So, did your classes? You couldn't go to class either. No, how couldn't did, go to class. How did high school handle the uh, remote classes? I, everyone was new. To, even the teachers were new to Zoom then, so yeah. it was it was a it was terrible. They they had no idea what they were doing, and we, I had no idea what I was doing. But they tried their best and. Uh, we got it work done, so. That's tough. Cause, it is tough. Like, it's your senior year. It's a special year, especially in special, high school. Yeah. I, I remember that year, of course. Yeah. And, like, it's a shame that you guys didn't get to finish it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Have you been back to the high school? Like, because, or are they going to do something kind of special to honor that senior no, class? No, we, you know? we were supposed to have, like, a graduation and, like, a prom, like, in summer or something, but none of that none of that happened. I haven't been back there since since the last day. So. Well, hopefully something like that happens. Hopefully. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Everything got canceled that year. Yeah. It's crazy. But, it's tough. Yeah, well, tough. we're 31 games in to this season, and that's more than high school. Unless more, That's more yeah. than we played uh, at my high school. It is more. Yeah. It is more. So you're, you're, you're 31 games into it. Yesterday you came into the game, your average dip below 400. 
Yeah. And you came out swinging it. Yeah. Were you upset that your average was below 400? I was. Is that, is that in your head? Is that in your head going into the A game? little, but as long as we're winning, that's <laughs> that's all that that's all that matters. But um, yeah, I think I think I'm back to 400 now. But it doesn't matter unless we're winning, right? So what's your approach so, at the plate? Because you can, we've seen you go opposite field. Yeah. With your yeah. with your home runs, you, yeah. you pulled a slider or the left center field fence last weekend, but. We know that you can hook barrel it. Yeah. You had three singles yesterday, but what's your approach at the plate? I like I like to keep it simple. I, I see all these like complex approaches and that's never really worked for me. Um, I like to go up there just calm, relaxed. And then if I see something I think I can drive and I have a lot of trust in my hands and confidence, so um, if I see something I can drive, I'm gonna I'm gonna swing at it, and then it, if it works out, it works out. So simple approach. Yeah, simple approach. <laughs> um, but you you have the specifics like red zone, obviously, guy on third or bases loaded. Try to get it in the air in the outfield, miss on the ground up the middle through the holes. But um, yeah, it, I I like to say simple. Brock Mortensen passed you in the hit by pitch category, so oh, we we were man, all I over. I didn't it. even know that. We were all over at the start. We had three yesterday. He got plunked three. Plunk three times yesterday. Oh, wow. You know you know, Cole Cummings got walked five times yesterday? I, I did. Single, I didn't single know game, that's insane. Single game program yeah. record. Yeah. It, was, it was that kind of day. Yeah. But, so Brock has surpassed you in the hit-by-pitch column. We were all over it at the, the start of the year because yeah. like, it sounded like you were yeah. getting hit every single game. Yeah. Is that Has that been part of your game always? Because you stand up on the plate. I, I do stand up on the plate. And, yeah, I've been, I've been hit a lot throughout my career, but... <laughs> I'll be I'll be, I'll be sure to uh, stand on the plate today. And make sure I get a make sure I pass Brock. <laughs> so he's he's got twelve. You've got ten. You've I got uh, eleven. Oh, eleven. You've got eleven. Okay. But you did pass him in the RBI category. So nice. you got that going for you. Nice, nice. <laughs> uh, well, how's how's travel been like? Like the bus life, just uh, college in general. I know it's different with all remote classes. You, have, yeah. you probably haven't even seen Davidson Library yet. No, no, I haven't. Um, the, the travel's been travel's been good. I like traveling personally, but. The one that killed me was Hawaii. That was uh, <laughs> that was insane. That we got back that red eye flight, and then I got back. I was just a zombie. So, uh, it took me like a week to recover. I was like still tired and everything. But uh, yeah, I love coming to new parks. But nothing, nothing more I love than playing at our home field, though. It's good. Yeah. Caesar Wasaga Stadium. It's a cool Caesar, place. Caesar. Just, just imagine it when it's full of people. Oh man, uh, it, I can't. It, it's I a good time, and, and the lights are new. We yeah. still early haven't been able to to boast the lights in, in full yeah. form yet because we only played I think four games under the lights in front of with fans last year so we're looking forward to that yeah but we have in the past had to go to 8 a.m class after the red eye coming back from Hawaii yeah so uh, I can't imagine that <laughs> get ready I'm, for that I'm, in I'm, your future <laughs> yeah I'll get prepared uh let's finish up with uh with a baseball memory Mm-hmm. Something that, that sticks out to you, whether it was going to a game or playing in a game, like maybe the best game you've ever played. Could have been this year. Could have been when you were a kid. Um, probably, I think, uh, I think this year when the night before I got my first start, like someone came into my room and was like, I just wasn't expecting to start the next day at all. And then he was just like, hey, you're starting. And I was like, haha, like I laughed and stuff. Thought it was funny. <laughs> And then he's like, no, you're, like, you're starting in right field. And I looked, and I like freaked out and texted my parents and everything. And all the dudes texted me, like, let's go, big start tomorrow. A lot of support. I got a lot of support in, uh, by my family back home. Um, but, yeah, that, I thought that was super cool. Well, it was your, exciting. Your dad, Sean, mm-hmm. he's, he's chomping at the bit to come watch his, watch his oh, kid my God. play. I yeah. don't blame him. Yeah, both my parents, they're just grinding like just wherever they yeah they're, they're ready to come watch well i i hope they've been tuning in to me and watching jerry oh, yeah, and bob watch on the broadcast uh-huh. so uh, i'm glad that they're tuning in and hopefully we get to see him in the sand soon yep
Sounds right. good. Zach Rodriguez, thanks he's you, your Kevin. true freshman right fielder, getting it done for the Gauchos. Zach, thanks, thanks Kevin. for the time. Appreciate it. Yep. Okay. I'm standing next to Cole Cummings. Yes, sir. He's your Gaucho third baseman. Yesterday, when I asked you if you were a decent interview, you gave me a smart comment. You were like, just put it on a tee for me, and I'll knock it out of the park. Yeah. So I didn't really put a whole lot of thought into this, but you did set a program record. Yeah. Five walks yesterday. So after your third walk, did you have it in your head like, oh, man, if I get two more, I'll set a program record? Was that no, I, I hadn't even thought about it. And you know what's funny is that that like the pitching got progressively worse where I walked on four straight and then maybe like on five pitches. No, I, I hadn't even thought about it at all. <laughs> well, you have you have 21 walks in the season, so it's it's not like you're a stranger getting walked. Right. You got a good approach at the plate. So it, it didn't really surprise me. Uh, Spencer and I, I'm sure you've heard this, have joked – at the beginning of the season. You probably don't want to hear this, but you were the singles machine. Yeah. No, right? yeah. You were the singles machine. And now you're the on-base machine. Yeah. Would you rather go as the singles machine because you're getting hits or the on-base machine? I'd rather be the on-base machine because I do hit leadoff and I now hit some doubles and some homers. If you have checked the stats, spent, or uh, I, I do lead the team in doubles. So I don't want to be the singles machine anymore. <laughs> I am actually the doubles machine now. But yeah, as a leadoff hitter, you know, I my job is to get on base. You know, we got guys in the middle of the order that that you know can drive baseball. So I'm I'll gladly be the on base on base machine. So you're a, you're a collegiate veteran. You played. Where did you start your career? Were I started at. I was in New Mexico. New Mexico. I uh, redshirted. Right, and then you went to a junior college. Pima, yeah. Where's Pima? Pima's in Tucson, Arizona, where uh, uh, U of A's at. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So were were you a leadoff hitter at, the, yeah. at those places? So you've yeah. always been a leadoff. I've hitter. always been a leadoff hitter. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and it's, you know, the craziest part is, is like I wouldn't consider myself fast. Like I'm not out here swiping <laughs> bags or anything. But you know, I just all I'm, I run the bases well. You know, and I always just I, I've always had a good eye and good plate, plate awareness, and so that's why I always find myself in, in the leadoff spot and about a good high contact rate too. So that helps. You do. And you're doing a great job. It's fun having you at the top of the lineup because when the lineup turns around, it's like okay, we got Cole up. Like yeah. he's gonna get on base. Yeah. He's gonna get on base. He's gonna keep it going. Keep yeah. the line moving. So it's. It's comforting as a broadcaster when it gets back to the top of the lineup and there's Cole. Get some so, going. Yes, exactly. So, third base. Have you always been a third baseman? Uh, so, I grew up as a shortstop, but then I got too tall and lengthy, and I, start, I stopped moving as well. So, they, ha- so they had to move <laughs> me over to third. And so, my senior year of high school, I played third, and then all of college, I, I played third. But, you know, I have took my a- athleticism and what I learned from shortstop, and I think it's helped me well to become a third baseman. Do you like do you like it over there? At third base? I like third base. I like third base because I don't have to, I don't have time to think. You know, it's all reactionary, and you know, I, I think that's the best part about it. How about the plays on the run? Plays on the run are tough. You know, especially me and Spencer have been working out a lot this year, and especially in Big West baseball, where you get a lot of guys that are you know chop balls in the ground and bunts, and that's a whole different element to the game that I'm still learning and improving on. But you know, I feel like as the, as the season's gone on, I've gotten better and better at it. Yeah, it's. It's a tough position. I think the Gouchers have had some exceptional third basemen in the past, and you're you're creeping up a list on, on the best third baseman that I've seen. So, Appreciate it. Uh, five walks is that going to go up on? Uh, are you going to put that on like your Instagram headers, like uh, single season or single game all time leader walks? And... Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay, good. So so go out and maybe set a new record, swing yeah. the stick today. I'm down. Uh, two games. How how have the double headers been treating you? 
Um, you know, when, when I wake up in the morning, it's like, ah, you know, it's gonna be a long one, but by the time we get through hitting and fielding, you know, I'm all warmed up and feeling good. I do, oh, the good thing about double headers is you get a lot of AB, so if you see the ball well early, you know you're going you know to have a good day at the plate. You know, you have a lot of time to work through, through, through some things, but, you know, they're, they're okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, you got, you got two games today. Gauchos are trailing UC Irvine in the, in the Big West standings by one game, trying to keep pace. Yeah. Uh, first time playing here at UC San Diego? Yeah, first time. Okay. How's, how's the infield playing? It feels really nice. Arguably, arguably. Arguably. Not, I'm not going to say it's better than ours, <laughs> but you can make a case that it, it does play really well. The, all The whole dimensions here are weird, though. Like, I feel like we're on top of the field, but, you know, it's nice. I like it. Dif different sight lines. Different sight lines. You got all the construction here in the background. It's definitely not a San Diego vibe, I'd say. How was how Hawaii for you? Hawaii was cool. You know, that field is definitely different. Um, you know, all that foul territory. All that foul territory. The traveling part is tough, you know, but, you know, it's you know you can't complain we're going to Hawaii. It could be a lot worse. <laughs> all right, Cole. Uh, it's been fun watching it play. I appreciate you stepping in, spending some time. It's time to stretch. Yep. So uh, go out there and uh, break a leg. I appreciate it. Thank all you. Right. Thanks, Cole. All right. Welcome back to the Kyle's Kitchen pregame show. Standing here with, well, one of yesterday's heroes. Could he be the biggest hero? I don't know. I think if you'd ask him, he would say no, because he's a, a humble guy, but it's Jordan Sprinkle. You ever had a game like that in your life before? Um, you can be honest. You can be honest and say yes. No, absolutely not. Um, I was kind of acting like I've done it before, but <laughs> you know, I didn't have any home runs in high school, so it was you know, super shocking, but... I was super grateful to be able to have a game like that. It was cool. An unreal game. Uh, before the second homer, I said, well, so here's Sprinkle. He's a, a triple short of the cycle. And then you, you tee off on it, and I thought I had a chance to be the triple. And then it went over the fence. So no home runs in high school. No. So, so the home run you hit in Hawaii must have been your first. I mean, you had homers in Little League, right? Yeah. Okay. That, that was probably <laughs> probably the only time, and uh, so that that one was was really special. But I think the ones uh, the two yesterday were, were pretty special as well. Okay. How, how's your approach been at the plate? So redshirt freshman, you didn't play last year in the short season, and McLean goes down. You step in. You got to start an opening day as a DH. Your bat has been electric. What's your approach been like at the plate? What have you learned from from Coach Fontino? Um, just to be a killer, um, not literally, but, you know, when I'm in the box, he said, you know, see a pitch, go hit it. And, um, you know, I think that approach has helped me more than anything. You know, hitting, if you think too much, uh, it could really put yourself in a hole. And I just think going up there, really trying to, to work a count and uh, hit the ball hard, that's, that's where I'm at. So what about what about base running? Because it's been fun watching you run the bases. You <laughs> you. To, I think you're up to 14 stolen bags. Uh, a swipe of third yesterday. Have you always been a base stealer? I mean, we know what you got. You got speed. You, you're a speedy shortstop guy who can hit it over the fence now. Apparently, uh, do you do you idolize a base stealer or or a base runner in the big leagues? Or have you watched guys that run the bases? Like, do you try and model your your plan after big leaguers, or is it all just uh, recently and coaching from the Gauchos? Um, I would say my favorite base stealer of all time is Ricky Henderson. He's just easy pick. Easy, easy pick. Su super exciting <laughs> to watch. That guy is ridiculous. And uh, 
you know, I just, when I get on base, I want to be as aggressive as possible just because I know that could put pressure on the pitcher, um, give the batter some good pitches or some balls and, and put him in a leverage count to, to drive me in. And, and uh, so that's that's my goal when I get on base, just get to the next base and hopefully score a run and get a run for the Gauchos. Who came up with the Jordan Shrug? What's that? Who came up with the Jordan Shrug for second base when you get, when you get doubles? I think that might have been Kurt. Really? It might have been Kurt, yeah. <laughs> Because I, 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 I like it. It's like, I, you probably watched The Last Dance, and that, that might have been where it came from. Because M- MJ, it's not exactly your guys' generation, but no. <laughs> it's been rekindled. Right. And I, I like the Jordan Shrug, because there was a moment, I think, at home when you hit that triple in the gap, mm-hmm. and then you came home on the on the throwing air, and you slid in ahead of the tag, and you kind of just walked back to the dugout like, you, it wasn't a double, but you threw up the Jordan shrug. You guys, do you guys like the Jordan shrug? Oh, of course. It's just you know, when it, we we want to get to second, we want to throw up the Jordan shrug. Um, you know, I think that's awesome, and I, I really like that double sign. <laughs> it's an easy one. It is. It's just, yeah. it's just, yeah, it, it makes sense. Classic. All right, let's see. Let's see some uh, some athletic lineage. You play any other sports in high school? Uh, just basketball, and you know, I'm. 5'10", five, 5'11", five, so I wasn't going to the league, so I uh, <laughs> had to hang up the, the basketball shoes and just stuck to baseball, and I was happy with that decision. Point guard? Yeah. You didn't play center? No, I wish. <laughs> what was your What was your game? What was your game uh, as a point guard? Uh, were, you, were you addition, or were, or were, you, were you spot-up shooter? I was facilitating a little bit. I, okay. I could shoot, um, but mainly just, like, passing the ball around. Uh, I could dribble a little bit, so, um, but I, I was just trying to do it all, I guess. How's your time been at, at UCSB? Obviously, last year was your freshman year, and it was the shortened season. How did that affect you mentally? How did that affect you in the classroom? Like, what was it like having the season cut short and then having to, to go into the summer with, with no summer baseball and then, and then doing online classes? How's that experience been? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, True. As you know, we were rolling last year. Um, just got off the sweep at Oregon State, and I know everyone was feeling great. Um, overall, it was wasn't the best, just because you know I felt like we really had a good chance of, of winning the Big West, repeating that, and um, uh, being contenders for the College World Series. Um, I would say going into the summer, having no summer ball, I really just focus myself on um, just trying to get better and um, growing closer in my faith. That was something that was super important for me. Um, and that overall helped me when, when I came back. And, you know, I uh, just was was really excited to get back in the fall. And I'm, I was thankful that we were able to do stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of teams weren't able to practice. And, um, you know, just working next to Marcos and McLean, you, you know, those guys really helped me a lot to get me to this point and uh, you know I wouldn't wouldn't be playing if it if it wasn't for them going down and so I, you know I'm just grateful to, to be playing I didn't didn't get a whole lot of chances last year and uh, you know I'm just trying to make the most out of what I get this year one of the big things that we notice coming back in the fall and this happens every year it's generally it happens to, to first-year players like yourself the change physically and mentally that we see in players and you are right up there with some of the physical changes that we saw in the pitchers, like Corey Lewis and Matt Har- and, and Ryan Harvey. Oh, definitely. I mean, you are like when you're walking around the hotel, you're wearing like your fitness shirt. You got like fitness <laughs> shorts. Like it seems like you've taken it to heart. Like you say, you work on your faith. You've also worked on your body as well. And in the in the grocery store on Thursday, 
hydration? Is that like number one on your list? Because oh, you had coconut water and all kinds of stuff. Like, what are you getting at the grocery store? That that is the tip top of importance. Uh, when we stop at the store before the game on Friday, um, I, for some reason, like sweat really bad, and um, I've noticed that like hydrating coconut water is super high, like super hydrating. Um, just staying on top of that has helped me a lot. And, um, you know, I tend to cramp sometimes. And so when I'm getting my hydration in that. So it's calves, man. <laughs> no, man. No, I'm telling you, it's, it's not fun. It's not fun. I'll be running around and, you know, I just, so I just really want to stay on top of that. But that, that's so funny that you notice that. I, I noticed that 100%. I, I, I'm observing. I've been around a while. <laughs> uh, I know what, what to look for. Because some guys are going in there getting a big, like, bag of Doritos and, yeah. and Oreos. I mean, you guys are kids. Let's face it. I mean. We're, we're adults here. We're all adults, but at, at heart, we're baseball players, so we're kids. But you're in there with your coconut water, and I, I, I admire that. It's great. Uh, how's uh, Luke's story been? Because you, you're you a big guy in the weight room. Yeah. You like me in the weight room. What's uh, Have you picked up some stuff from Luke? Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it's crazy the amount of, um, like, variations and different things he has. Like, uh, for example, you know, if we have guys injured and they can't do certain things, he's like, well, how about you could do this, 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 and this, you know, just yeah. a ton of stuff. Um, I think our lifts are great. We go there and we're, in, you know, we're there for an hour, but the amount of work and stuff that we put in there is, is just amazing. We couldn't be in the weight room, so we started off on the tennis courts, lifting out there, and then we moved to a, a parking lot. And I just think overall it's been good. I think he's he's a great lifting coach. And, you know, I'm, I'm super excited. Compensating and adjust. Definitely. Compensating and adjusting. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Sunday game. How is it? So you play three games in two days. Physically, how do you generally feel on Sunday? What can you expect today? Uh, well, Sunday, man, that's the... It's the toughest one, um, you know, playing. Well, we didn't didn't quite play 18 innings yesterday. Luckily, we were able to, to produce offensively, and our pitchers did well. Um, but, yeah, going into the Sunday game, I think it's all about focus, just staying mentally, mentally uh, prepared and in the moment. Um, you know, we just come out and try to get a win. The fourth one's always hard, especially after you get the first three. So, oh. Jordan, best of luck today. Go out there, get some more hits, make some more nice plays, and uh, yeah, let's go get a win. Thank you so much, guys. That's uh, Jordan Sprinkle, shortstop for the Gauchos. Have a good one. All right, big thanks to our sponsors, Kyle's Kitchen and a guy with a truck, Junk Removal. Shout out to Zach Rodriguez, Jordan Sprinkle, and Cole Cummings for their great work this weekend and fun interviews as well really cool to hear them voice uh, their thoughts on the season and their performance all three humble guys and love being gauchos and myself I love watching them play and they've been a big part of why the gauchos have had so much success this year and thank you to David and Spencer as always grinding behind the scenes and fun to talk to them with their uh, with the awards and the metrics and all that stuff. Try and do the same thing next weekend. As the Gauchos head to Long Beach, I will have probably two or three more interviews, and I'll try and mix up uh, the guests, maybe throw in a coach, but definitely get some players so you guys can hear their voices and their thoughts on the season so far. So that's what will be on tap for next week. Gauchos on the road against the Dirtbags, 6 o'clock on Friday. 
ucsbgauchos.com with myself and Spencer Stewart. And you can catch all four of those games, I believe, on Big West TV. Dirtbags are tough. They got a good arm on Friday. They got a good head coach in Eric Valenzuela. And they're going to be a tough task for the Gauchos playing on the road. Always tough to go to Blair and get a couple wins. So that'll do it for the podcast this week. We'll be back next week on Tuesday. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Follow the Gauchos on Instagram and Twitter, UCSB underscore baseball. And please have a great rest of your week.